Hi, this is Sebastian Kedlechik, Kit Steinkellner, and Emma Steinkellner from Keenset. And, and you, you are, are entering, entering the, the fan base. Dear JJ, watching Felicity's mother explain herself and her harsh reaction to Felicity going to New York nearly broke me. I want to thank you for that. It allowed me to remember how amazing my own mother was, despite the fact that most of her dreams were indefinitely deferred. Welcome to Finding Felicity, where we'll talk about life, love, and growing up, no matter how old you are, through the lens of the J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves hit TV show, Felicity, starring that chick from Malibu Shores, that dude from The Unit, and that other dude from Last Resort. Finding Felicity is a member of the Fanbase Press Podcast Network, and you'll be hearing more about their fabulous work throughout the episode. I'm Teresa Giacino, and I'm a Felicity newbie. My guest today, however, is not a Felicity newbie at all. Uh, she is an actress and a blogger named Jen Levin, uh, not to be confused with Jennifer Levin, who was a writer and producer on Felicity. Although I will say, seeing that name, even though my legal name is not Jennifer, it's Jenny, made me love the show <laughs> that much more. <laughs> I was already obsessed, and then someone with Almost my name works on the show. It's the most incredible thing. Oh my god! I know. I I, I saw that for this episode, and I was like, "What? Perfect." <laughs> Not me. It's <laughs> like I wish it was me. Um, Jen actually most recently starred in and executive produced the short film Single Parent Date Night, which I saw and loved. It's a funny and super honest look at dating as a single parent. Um, but you might also know Jen from her awesome blog that I've been reading for several years now, Finding My Inner Bombshell, where she writes truthfully and insightfully about topics ranging from health to dating to making it as an artist in Los Angeles. Thank you so much for being here. Sorry I interrupted your introduction to me, but it was all very sweet things. No, no. It's, hey, listen, this we're here to chat, and that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes when you do a podcast with a friend of yours. Mm-hmm. It's true. Feel free to interrupt me at any time. I have nothing worthwhile to say. Um, <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> hey, I will make sure that the links to both the short film and the blog uh, go into the show notes so that everybody can check both of those things out. Uh, but before we go on, I'd like to do a segment that I'm just going to go ahead and call And Another Thing. Um, after last week's podcast, I realized that there were a couple of things that I wanted to say about the pilot that I never got around to. So real quick rapid fire before we get to episode two, I want to throw out these last reactions and realizations from episode one. Feel free to jump in, Jen, if you have anything to say about these things. Um, first of all, I noticed obviously that Felicity's dorm is called Kelvin Hall. Um, as a huge JJ Abrams fan, uh, as many of you are as well, I'm sure. Uh, you know that Kelvin comes up a lot. That's why we have a Kelvin universe in Star Trek now. Uh, he tends to stick the name and everything in honor of his grandfather, Harry Kelvin, who's responsible for his whole mystery box fascination, as well as buying him his first camera when he was a kid. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool to notice. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the first recorded use of Kelvin in a thing he did. So unless there's some reference in re regarding Henry or something that I don't know about, um... That was really cool to notice. Um, secondly, as Ben versus Noel is probably going to be a thing um, <laughs> throughout this season, if not beyond, I don't know how deep this goes. Um, I did want to say that from the first episode, Ben seemed way more together than any dude I've ever known in college. Um, I don't know how you felt about that, but like, uh, Noel seemed more like awkward and real. And to be honest, like, the type of guy I would have a crush on because he was so me. And I'm like, he's just like me. We're soulmates. Like, I totally would have thought that at 19. I will um, say I am 100% team Ben. <laughs> um, but Noel is the type of guy I used to go out with. Mm -hmm. Now, hopefully, I feel like I go out with more of a Ben-type guy. But even watching it now, 
he feels like he's older than me, <laughs> and he's supposed to be about half my age. It's right, like it, it like he seems like a great guy. Like yeah. I, I, I get it, but like he doesn't seem like a like a college age dude at all. Like he seems like he's he's like done the work, and he should be this forty five year old man who's like worked on himself and like not a teenage kid. I am still team bet and watching it now. I'm like, yeah, no, that's that's who I want. Yeah, well, yeah, that's who I want now at to be at my age, but like, <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but yeah, it seems a little bit unrealistic, but we'll see. I don't know what he's dealing with. I don't know what he goes through on this show, but we'll find out, or I will find out. You already know. Don't tell me. I promise. Try to not spoil it. <laughs> Um, lastly, for someone who would never, like, do such a thing as far as getting Ben to, uh, sign her yearbook, um, I thought it was weird that Felicity would confide in Noel, the RA she's known for five minutes, like, about this deep thing that she's going through. Like, um, again, I don't know how you felt about that, but for me, like, I would never have told (laughs) some random RA that I just met, like, all of my deep love issues. I don't know if I would do the exact same thing, but I found it a lot more realistic because sometimes telling a stranger something is easier than someone that you already know or someone that's involved in the situation. You want, you know, a sounding board of someone who doesn't really have a stake in the game, although, as we find out in this episode, he kind of does have a stake in the game. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I don't know if revealing all of it about her love life was necessarily realistic because I don't think I would do that part of it Mm -hmm. but being very just free and saying whatever you want to Mm -hmm. someone who's basically a stranger seems kind of normal to me yeah no I can definitely see that I see that I think yeah it's more the love thing that 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 struck me as weird um but uh okay so that takes us away from the pilots uh we're moving on to episode two Um, But first things first, the thing that you really need to know about Jen is that she is a hardcore Felicity fan. Um, The second I just floated on Facebook to my friends that I was thinking about maybe doing a Felicity podcast, almost immediately I get a picture from Jen in my DMs where she was like, here's a screenshot of this contest I entered for MTV to meet the cast of Felicity. Um, And... She immediately volunteered, like, if you need a co-host, a guest host, whatever, like, let me know. So, of course, I had to have her on here. And now I need to hear about this contest. So tell me all about that experience. Okay, I will give a smidgen of background, too. I honestly don't know how I found out about Felicity because that was, I mean, there was internet then, but I wasn't online and researching shows the way that I do now with, you know, all the release dates. I'm guessing that in one of the magazines I read, you know, like, teen people or 17 or teen or YM, you know, they were having like their fall TV thing and they mentioned it and I I have to watch this. I'm sure it's because, you know, cute boys. And (laughs) my best friend Jackie, who I know will be listening to this, so yay Jackie, um, she was also as equally as obsessed as me to the point where we got a Dean and DeLuca catalog, which I know Dean and DeLuca has not entered the show yet. That's not necessarily a spoiler. No, but no. It involves, I, I know that. It yeah, involves yeah. Dean and DeLuca. Yeah. And we got a Dean and DeLuca catalog just so we could order the hats. Um, Wait, that is awesome. So are, are these like hats that are available to the public? Or is it yes. Like, okay. Literally just Dean and DeLuca hats that okay. are black hats with white font. And somehow we saw that MTV was doing a contest. Who's the biggest Felicity fan? enter and you can win a trip I think it was a trip to either New York or LA don't remember which one and sit down hang out with the cast it's all gonna be filmed it's gonna be amazing and Jackie and I were like yes we need to do this so the screenshot which I'm sure you will post online at some point yes because it's amazing we must um is uh Jackie and I are sitting in my bedroom on a chair talking to the camera about how much we love Felicity I have that full tape somewhere I don't know exactly where it is right now, but I do have the entire tape. And we were like, we're going to win this thing. Like, it is <laughs> ours. We are the bi- Hello. We have Dean and DeLuca hats. <laughs> we are the biggest fans. We invested fans. money in this. And we bought the hats before we knew about the contest. Like, we were... This was <laughs> we just our bought thing. The, we just bought the... You, wait, I... No, okay. we literally bought the hats because we love the show so much. Oh. <laughs> nothing to do with the contest. And we, nothing to do with Dean and DeLuca, by the way. Like, no, literally for the show. <laughs> we bought hats. And we were like, we are going to win this thing. 
And I, I have, I've been devastated on losing out on a lot of gigs because I've gone up for some amazing shows. Mm-hmm. I think losing this contest is still one of my biggest disappointments oh my because we were so sure that we were going to win. And it was just like, how, how, how? No, I don't, I Wait, don't understand. So what was the actual, like, like, what did you have to do to, like, so you make the video saying what? Or, like, how do you have to convince them that you're, like, the biggest fan? I don't remember all of the specifics, but it was literally, like, tell us why you're the biggest fan, why you deserve to meet the cast, and... And it was just us saying, like, we love the show, and we watch it every week, and we, you know, analyze it, and I'm pretty sure at that time... I was team Ben and Jackie was team Noel. So we're like, <laughs> we represent everyone. We have all the sides here. <laughs> all the sides of the biggest debate of the exactly. 90s. Um, and it was just us, I mean, literally fangirling over the show being like, pick us. Like, seriously, pick us. Yeah. Now, like, pick us. Please, <laughs> do it. Like, us. We're the winners right here. And they, you know, on MTV, they put the winner and they had the whole thing and we're just like, no. She was not a good enough fan. Like, <laughs> we were better fans. So, no. That bit, now, how old were you when Felicity was on-ish? So, it came on, it started my sophomore year of high school, so I would have been uh, 15. Mm-hmm. So, it was on from, like, when I was 15 to 19. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that contest was probably when I was 16. I think it was, like, the second season. The ire of a 16-year-old girl. You do not want to mess with that. No. Uh, <laughs> do you have? Do you still have the video somewhere? Yes. It's on a DVD somewhere, and I need to find it. You must find it. I kind of need to see it. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> video. Um, but I, I'm serious. Like, Jackie and I, we analyze that show. Like, after each episode, we're like, okay, what are we talking about now? Like, what's happening? What's going on? What do we believe? What are we thinking? When there were cliffhangers, we would spend the summer like, okay, so this is happening or that's happening. What do we think? Where do you think the writers are going to go? What could they do? What's going to happen? You know, it, it was obsessive to say the least. Oh, wait, girl, you are talking to a sci-fi nerd from way back. So like what you were doing with Felicity, I was doing with like Alienation and Star Trek The Next Generation, which is not nearly as cool. Um, but anyway. I mean, I, I don't want to say we were cool. We bought Dean and Dooley's house. <laughs> That's, and we, Jack and I both still have them, by the way, too. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I mean, you can't throw those out. Also, it's decent coffee. Um, that was actually one of my things that I, I when I was mad at the pilot uh, back when I first saw it, uh, I would, like, I never watched the show, but friends of mine would watch it, and I'd be in their dorm sometimes, and they'd be watching it, whatever. And I saw that they were at Dean and DeLuca all the time, and I'm sh- I think one of them worked there or something, and... I was constantly being like, how do you afford all this Deacon Dean and DeLuca coffee? Like, you're college students. I can't go to Dean and DeLuca every day. Why are you always there? And that just made me even more angry. Because uh, I was like, nobody has this budget. Um, but anyway, enough about my Felicity anger, because I'm starting to love the show now. <laughs> so we're putting we're putting angry 19-year-old Teresa away. Um, and also, I'm, I'm, I have to say, I'm glad that you are on the show and we have a variety of people coming on the show um, to talk about Felicity, and whereas my experience of it was that Felicity was my age um, and was experiencing college when I was experiencing college, for you, like, you got to college as she was graduating, basically. Yeah. Um, Her senior year of college was my freshman year of college. That's that's an interesting... Uh, I definitely want to talk about that as we uh, as we talk about your, your experience and, and love of the show. Um... But yeah, and, and we have people who are much older than both of us coming onto the show, and their experience of Felicity will be very different, I'm sure. Um, but we should get into uh, Felicity Season 1, Episode 2, an episode which is called The Last Stand. Uh, but before we get into it, here's a word from our friends at Fanbase Press. Well, hello there, Fanbase Press listeners. My name is Paul Packler, and have I got three rhetorical questions. Do you love the 80s? How's about Michael J. Fox? And also, Michael J. Fox? Well, have we got just the thing for you. The awesomest podcast on the Fanbase Press Network. Quality time with family ties. Echo, echo, echo. Join me, my best friend Corey Pepper, and our really good acquaintance Scott Jones as we watch and review each and every episode of Family Ties, the sitcom that made Michael J. Fox a star. 
And unlike all the other Family Ties Review podcasts, Quality Time with Family Ties digs deep with our analysis, performances, politics, the symbolism of the Keaton's obsession with orange juice, and whether or not Scott should get a doctor to check out that cough. Fanbase Press brings you a new episode of Quality Time with Family Ties every Thursday. So be sure to look for us on fanbasepress.com. We're located under the audio tab. And then, if you don't want to do that, subscribe to us on iTunes. And please rate, review us. We'll love you for a million years. Or maybe we'll love you for a million more. Quality time with family ties on Fanbase Press. Bye. Sha-la-la-la. And we're back to Finding Felicity. As always, this is your spoiler warning on a 20-year-old show. Uh, I don't know entirely where this conversation is going to take us, but all plot points, reveals, and resolutions are up for grabs. You've been warned. Um, Here is the synopsis of the episode from IMDb. Felicity's parents linger in New York trying to understand her decision. Noel deals with a potentially homicidal student. And Ben receives a note from Felicity. Uh, The episode, once again, was directed by Matt Reeves, teleplay, once again, by J.J. Abrams, and the original air date was October 6th, 1998, which is tomorrow. Um, Now, it was clearly more than a note (laughs) that Felicity gave him. Let's let's actually describe what happens in the episode, if you would help me out with that. So, Felicity gets, she has um, a student worker position in the admissions office, and she gets to file away college applications or she gets to spy on people's essays. We'll just go with that. Because I don't know, I don't remember if we ever actually see her doing anything other than spying other on the than essay. Other than snooping in people's stuff. So she spied on Ben's essay, saw that he had this heartbreaking story of an, a brother who that he was jealous of and always wanted to live up to who died and... Now he's come to the realization that he's doing all these things that his brother didn't get to do, and he finally beat him, you know, in the game of life. And skipping over several scenes in this, then Felicity finds out through her job that uh, a young man called in asking for her essay. She assumes it's Ben. She sends her essay to Ben and then finds out it was her dad. So, yeah, that's not a note. No. <laughs> she, and, and there's this amazing scene that I will talk about where she tries to get the uh, the essay back um, but misses it by seconds. Oh, um, and the essay was about Ben. Oh yes, of course, because <laughs> that's her. That's how much her obsession carried. Um, but in addition to the Ben essay stuff, uh, there's also the stuff with her parents who have stayed in New York even though they said they were going home. Um, because they cannot wrap their heads around the fact that she wants to stay in New York. They are so confused, and this is so unlike her, according to them. And uh, so basically, they sit down with her and her uh, college counselor to kind of, or advisor rather, to talk about, you know, why are you doing this? Trying to convince her to come home. And They're bribing her to come home. They really are. And honestly, I spent so much of this episode hating them with, like... Blind rage. And and that's not how I ended the episode, but definitely throughout, I, I was watching them and I'm like, stop, just let her be. Like, just let her be. Um, so it was very upsetting, but uh, we will talk about that. Um, but as we do uh, for the first half of our episode discussion, um, I want us to go back in time to 1998. Um, since you watched it when it was on, uh, if you can remember, how did you feel about this episode, like, around the time you first watched it? I mean, that was a long time ago. Yeah. My memory is not the best with or that like, stuff. Or, like, I, what would you have thought about it then? even watching it now, thinking how I would have been then, I definitely would have been somewhere, like, blind rage of the parents of, like, let her make her own choice. Why are you doing this? Why are you trying to come between Felicity and Ben? <laughs> Same thing to Noel. Noel, why are you trying to come between Felicity and Ben? <laughs> let them be. You know, it's just... You know, I definitely, without a doubt, sided with Felicity 100%. And I still, especially in this episode, I do a lot because, you know, 
my parents let me make mistakes. Mm -hmm. They don't always love the mistakes I make, but they let me make them so I can learn. Yeah. And I think that's what helped me become the person that I am. And if they took those options away from me, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. And so I still, I still want to hate the parents because I feel like they're just, we can swear on this, right? Yeah. Totally. They're being total assholes. They are being assholes. Like really, they're being <laughs> assholes. There's no, there's no other way to put it. They're being horrible assholes. Yeah. And well, I just, yeah. I, you know, there are some things that I watch now and I mean, there are all these memes online about too of like, you know, the little mermaid where she's like, I'm 16, I'm not a child. And I'm like, no, you are a child. You are a child. That but is in, a child. in this, I'm still 100% like siding with Felicity. I don't see what the parents are thinking. Like, yeah. it's, and I'm sure that's how I was watching it. And I'm sure, you know, Jackie and I were devastated about like all of this going on ish. And obviously, understanding the, the sheer embarrassment of, you know, trying to get the letter back and it's not happening and then realizing like, okay, hopefully by this point he'll read it and then, you know, he'll give me some sort of sign that he's read this letter and then everything will be okay. Or I'm going to have to keep wondering, maybe he hasn't opened it yet. <laughs> Is there another way to break into the house that I can take it away? Yes. I, I I know that feeling of embarrassment. Yes. No, there there have been so many instances of me putting notes in lockers and then regretting it when I was in high school, for sure. Um, definitely, um, yeah, just so many embarrassing I mean, moments. Now it's like there are text messages I'll send and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have sent that. Yeah. Like, and there's no way to take that back. Nope. 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 It's, it's out there. Block the number. Hope they never contact me again. Well, and it's funny thinking about, because um, I, I think, you know, I... Had the the I would have had the response that you did as far as the parents goes um, for sure because my parents sounds like yours uh, you know they weren't always thrilled with everything I did but they let me learn and I don't think it's that they thought I was you know like in college you're an adult but like you know they they kind of gave me whatever they could give me and now it's up to me to use it you know yeah. like it's not and it's funny because Felicity's parents in the pilot they talk about or they, they called the counselor and, and told him that she's not somebody who would fit into an independent city like New York because she's not independent and doesn't make decisions. And it's like, because you've never let her. Exactly. Like, you've never given her that opportunity, so of course not. That's not her fault. That's your fault. Um, and I, I mean, this isn't how I would have necessarily felt watching this originally because I had not gone to college yet, but mm-hmm. looking, I mean, I've watched the series several times. Mm-hmm. I think as I do it this time, will be like my fourth or fifth time through the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, but since watching it after going to college, I did have a somewhat similar path as Felicity. Um, my family is all in medicine. My parents, they're both retired, but my dad was a doctor. My mom was a nurse. My brother is currently a doctor. Our family dog is in pet therapy at the hospital, so even he has a hospital ID badge. <laughs> And I knew growing up, I never wanted to be a doctor. Oh, I also grew up in the Bay Area, so like I have that too. But I knew I never wanted to be a doctor, but I remember saying when I was little, oh, I'm going to be a vet. I want to, you know, be a, an animal doctor and all of that. And I did plays and things like that when elementary school, middle school, high school. And I don't know when things flipped for me where I realized I have no interest to work in any field of medicine. I want to say it was probably around my junior year of high school. Um, I had this amazing drama teacher, uh, Matt Tidwell, who hopefully either he is or his wife will listen to us and he'll know I'm shouting him out, (laughs) who he was one of the first drama teachers I ever had who really believed in me Hmm. and, you know, helped to foster my love for acting. And I was pushed to do things that embarrassed the hell out of me, but I know were better for me as an actor than if I did the easy things. And so when I applied to colleges, I only applied to, well, I basically only applied in LA. I believe I applied for one in San Diego and one in Orange County, but pretty much all LA based, all intending to go in as a theater major. So my parents never stopped me from doing that, but I did have that like in my head, I'm going to go to veterinarian school and blah, blah. And and it switched to, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to move to LA. So while I didn't have my parents standing in my way, I'm sure they would have loved for me to pick something else that has a more like 
normal career more path. More stable, more secure. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the idea of feeling like there's a family legacy and then realizing that's not what you want. Mm-hmm. I, and again, I did not relate to that seeing it the first time because yeah. even if I had those thoughts that I was not, you know, going to go into a more serious field and I wanted to major in acting, there's no way I was really thinking that back then. Yeah. But now looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, no, like, I, I mean, I have the support of parents and they drove me down to LA, you know, to start college, but it's, it's eerily similar. And I feel like that's one of the reasons I still love the show so much is because I do see myself in the character. Yeah. Yeah. So cheesy. <laughs> no, I listen, like I'm, I, it's, I, I, that's great. And it's also like, I, I mentioned last week that I, I'm seeing myself in Felicity now as, you know, someone in her thirties, like, Oh, I still totally see myself there. And it's, 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 it's a testament to, to the writing, to the performance and all of that. And there's also a lot in the show that isn't so time specific. I mean, obviously like she used a phone booth and not a cell phone, which also made me wonder, did the parents have a cell phone or how did she know they weren't at the house or she was calling them? Because, like, if she was calling their house, they wouldn't be answering if they were still in New York. Yeah. So they must have it. And I know there were cell phones around that time. Yeah, there were. But it was still very early in cell phones. Yeah, phone. and there were still phone booths. And, like, certainly a college student might not have had a, a okay, cell yeah. phone. But there are so few things so far. And I don't, from what I remember from all the episodes, not a ton that are, like, so time period specific that it dates it. It does right. have a timeless element to it. It does. Because it... it, it and maybe, you know, the thing that I hated about it then, like the the design of the dorm, like the... Oh. <laughs> and there's actually a line in this episode that pisses me off that, like, where she's bringing her parents to see her room for the first time, and it's bigger than she thought, and she has a line where she says, yeah, most people here have really closet-sized rooms. And I'm like, I know. I lived in them. They, they were never this big. I don't know how you ended up with this palace of a room. I had not a closet-sized dorm, but it was still tiny, and it was like a quarter of the size of the room, you know, in the show. It's it's a little ridiculous. But then again, like, we watch Friends, and Friends has an apartment that's completely unrealistic. Yeah. No, and and no, no, like, actor who's working as little as Joey, like, (laughs) is affording that apartment. I think our problem is we understand how difficult it is to survive in In these cities, so we can't have that, like, just letting it go. But, yeah. Middle of the country, they're lying to you. Right? Um, (laughs) But, um, now, so... The show obviously ended when you started college, but it is the story of a college girl. So I wanted to ask you some questions about your college experience to see how that is reflected, uh, how the character resonated with you in that way. Um, Now, the thing about Felicity and Julie is that they, neither one of them goes to the school because of the school. Like, they didn't look at course brochures. I don't know what they thought they were doing applying to this particular college, but like... What helped you make your college choice? What went into that? I assume it's more than just some boy or trying to find your birth mom. There was no boy for me at LMU. Um, I, Like I said, I mainly applied to schools in LA. I knew I wanted to be in LA. Um, the two that I was like debating between after doing visits and interviews, things like that, were LMU and then Chapman, which is in Orange County. Um, Chapman, I spent like a, a a day evening and spent the night with a, f- a friend of my mom's friend. So I kind of got to spend the night in the dorm, learn what the environment was like for LMU. And I'm sure my parents are crazy for letting me do this as I think about it now. But when I was a senior in high school and 17, my parents let me take a flight to LA for that. I skipped school that day, like with my parents' permission, they bought me a plane ticket to LA by myself, I had an interview with an admissions counselor and then had like six hours at LMU to explore and I kind of like wandered around, did whatever, and I got a cab to LAX, which is close enough, but still, and flew home all by myself, which I, I'm just like, I, there are a lot of things that I've asked my mom and my dad, I'm like, did you think about that as much as like I'm thinking about now? So... You know, and LMU did feel like home to me when I first got there, but I was still debating it. And 
I remember getting my acceptance letter. Um, I because that was when you still got them as letters, yeah. not yeah. email. Yeah. And <laughs> I thought it was another financial aid packet because it was just, you know, it was a big envelope and it said admissions and financial aid. So I kind of just like ripped the envelope open. My dad and my brother were out of town. It was just me and my mom. And I open it and I read it. It says like, congratulations. And I just like flipped out nice. and immediately filled out the card saying yes. And, and then I kind of went back and said to my mom, like, should I have done, should I have picked Chapman? Should I have done it and my mom said like I saw how excited you were when you got accepted like that is where you're meant to be yeah and even though like I said my college experience wasn't necessarily the best or like the most traditional I don't regret my choice for a second yeah yeah um but no no boy no boy no I don't think any and you knew your birth mom so it's fine. yes my mom is amazing it's funny because I for my choice like I like drama school made the decision for me um, but I was, I wanted to go out of state originally. I wanted to leave New York cause I grew up here and you know, it's a great city, but like I wanted to peace out. Um, but eventually the choice came down to NYU and Fordham. Uh, Fordham has a great drama program as well. Um, and it's at Lincoln center. So it's like, you're around all this cool artsy stuff. Um, it was such a welcoming drama program. Like the, the, the head of the drama program after my audition, she found me and she was like, can't wait to see you next year. And I was like, whoa, are you telling me I got accepted like right now? Meanwhile, the... Uh, audition at NYU was like this one dude, very disinterested, looking down at his notes, up at me. I was pouring my heart into this monologue, and he could care less. Um, and he was like, thank you very much. Next. Like, it was very much that kind of... Uh, Do you realize you literally just described Felicity with Ben and Noel? Noel is all like, I want you. I need you. And Ben's like, <laughs> all closed off and standoffish. You realize you chose the Ben. Oh, my God. You chose the Ben. You know what? I... I would be okay with that now. I'm 19 year old me would have wanted Noel, but you Adult, chose the Ben grown ass woman. Yeah, there you go. You chose the Ben of colleges. I wasn't uh, the Ben of colleges, but I would not have chosen the Ben of boys. I was not together enough for the Ben of boys. Um, now because such a big part of this has to do with Felicity's parents, I do want to get to, um, Felicity's relationship with her parents and your relationship with yours. Um, did you relate to anything at all about her relationship with her mom and dad, or how was your experience different with them? So, at the time, watching it, definitely did not relate to her parents, because my parents have always been very supportive of me. I have definitely done things that have disappointed them, that sometimes they like to remind me of, but nothing has been where they were trying to bribe me to do otherwise, or like were expressing their disappointment in a way other than like, Like, the best example, and this is, I will give a very shortened version of a story, but I was stupid when I was a teenager on a cruise, a small cruise ship, and I met this boy, and we were making out. My mom went to my cabin to check on me, and she only saw my brother and not me, so she kind of freaked out, and found me with this boy, and she, she three-named me, you know, Jenny Ann Levin, (laughs) it's time for bed, and I was humiliated. Not the three and names. She will she will still say this point. It was not the fact that she caught me making out with a boy. It was literally she thought I fell overboard. Oh jeez. Like she was terrified why I wasn't in my room. So I've definitely done things to disappoint my parents, but I've never felt disapproval necessarily. Yeah. And I've had, you know, as an adult, my parents and I, we've had some very big fights that are usually, like, we make up the next day. It's not anything so, like, crazy that we don't speak for days on end. Like, it's literally the next day we talk. Yeah. So we have these moments, but I feel like they only bring us closer. Yeah. And I pretty much talk to my parents every single day. Um, today I've talked to them twice. <laughs> I call my dad a lot for, like, hey, uh, there's this problem at my house. What do I do? But one thing, and this is thing we talked about before we started recording, but one thing I think that made me talk to my parents every day is two weeks into my freshman year of college, it was 9-11. Mm. And, you know, I moved to LA. I'm going to be independent. This is going to be amazing. I honestly think in those first two weeks, I probably called my parents two or three times, like didn't really call them. And when 9-11 happened, and I un- I understand my RA was probably scared out of her mind and didn't know what to do. But it was very early in LA when it happened and we were woken up by her knocking on our door and I will never forget this. And I'm sure she regrets saying it, but she said to me and my roommate, 
if you have any family in New York, DC, or Pennsylvania, you need to find out if they're still alive. <laughs> and I have family in all three places. Oh and, my god. Like I understand that that was a super high stress situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And hopefully like she told other people differently, but like, you know, we turn on the tiny little TV we have in our room and we're seeing what appears to be the world ending. Yeah. And, you know, I'm calling my mom hysterical and I'm sure for the first few days after 9-11, I probably talked to my parents every few hours. And I think that, not that it took away my independence, but it definitely made me realize that independence doesn't necessarily mean excluding my parents out of my life. Yeah. Absolutely. So I... I, I, I mean, I kind of relate to Felicity wanting to keep her parents in her life, saying, come to my dorm, experience yeah. this. But the other side from the parents is not something that I personally experienced. Yeah. No, and, and I, um, it's funny because my parents were, you know, my dad was the dreamer. He was the writer who never got to, to pursue the writing. Um, but he was always the one that I got my, like, follow your dreams, whatever thing. My mom was the more practical person, like, okay, but you need to have a job. Um, you could do whatever you want. She was very supportive, but pay your bills. Um, but they both encouraged me to be myself. But it's interesting to bring up 9-11 because as I told you before we recorded, the um, that happened right after I graduated college. Um, that was the September after I graduated. And I was working. It was my first job out of college. And uh, I was in Times Square at the time. And when it happened, I ended, my boss hadn't come in. I ended up going uptown to my boss's apartment. Long story short, the trains and the buses were shut down for most of the day, and all I wanted to do was go to my parents. Um, because, you know, they were worried about me. I told them I was fine. It was fine. But, like, I... Uh, the instinct was, I need to go home. Yeah. Um, so it's it's very true that, like, you know, you can be as independent as you want. The first thing I wanted to do af- after college was move out into my own place. Like, <laughs> that and, – and with Latino parents, you don't do that. Like, you my, – my, bro- my sister stayed living in our house until she got married. Uh, my brother moved out in his early 30s uh, to take – you know, he took a teaching job. He moved to Staten Island. And my parents, like, kept making excuses for that. Like, he moved out. But it's because of his job. His job required him to move further away. Required him. It's not because he doesn't love us, you know. And so when I wanted to move out, they were like, but why? You don't have to pay rent here. You don't have... And I'm like, I want to pay rent. I want to pay rent and bills. I want to do all the things. Like, let me go. Um, don't you miss those days about being excited about paying rent and bills? Though? Oh, my God. Now I'm like, what were you doing? And I totally feel all that... Because I know plenty of people now who are living with their parents to save money. And I'm like, do it. Yeah. Do it hard. Um, now... I do want to move forward in time to the magnificent humans we are today. Um, But before we do, here's a word from our friends at Fanbase Press. Hi, this is Barbara Dillon, Editor-in-Chief at Fanbase Press. I'm here to tell you about our latest comic book series, Kinsey. Kinsey is about Lupe, an average, insecure, well-meaning, occasionally cranky teenage girl whose life is completely turned upside down when she discovers she has superpowers at her quinceanera. Her quince powers only last as long as she's 15, so over the course of this roller coaster year, we follow the adventures of Lupe as she figures out what it really means to be a hero. Quince was nominated for the 2018 Dwayne McDuffie Award for Diversity and has been described as if Jane the Virgin and Peter Parker had a comic book baby. All 15 issues of Quince are collected and available in an English language trade paperback that is now available through fanbasepress.com or on Comixology. Welcome back to Finding Felicity. Um, now we are back in the present day. You are re-watching Felicity. I'm watching it for the first time as a 30-year-old person. And um, I want to ask you, watching it now, how did you feel about the episode specifically? I still find it as wonderful as I did the other times I've watched the show. Mm -hmm. I, like I said before with the parents, I still do not relate to the parents. I (laughs) definitely relate to Felicity. There are... There's a little bit more separation, I feel, from the character just because, like, the embarrassment over the letter, for example. Even though I have moments like that, I also have dealt with that so many times that it doesn't affect me the same way. Yeah. So I don't feel the same, like, 
empathy with a character that I did before, but I still love watching it. And I only watched the first two episodes because I'm trying to kind of stick with your schedule here. And it took me so much not to be like, I can just keep going through. So I still love it. I still, I still connect to the story and character, but I, I think the other thing with it, and I think you probably relate to this similar, and it's for almost any TV show or any book that I read when I was younger is it just brings a sense of familiarity back to me. Yeah. And just, I remember watching it the first time and how happy I was. And I kind of, it's like looking through photos. Yeah. Just someone else's life. Totally. No, and it's doing that for me too. I didn't watch the show, but it's definitely bringing me back to that point in time and what was I doing and what clothes was I wearing because I had some of those sweaters. <laughs> I wanted those sweaters. I did not have them, but I wanted them. As far as this being my first experience, my first go around with this, the first thing I had to mention, and you mentioned that you know this particular actor, which I'm very <laughs> excited about, so I hope you go and tell him this. I loved the scene with Dominic uh, when Felicity goes to get the the um, essay that she sent to Ben back. It was the it was like a master class in like comedy. It was brilliant. And both it was like watching two like a, like the straight man in a joke, watching two straight men tell a joke, but it was hilarious. Like it was him like tiny facial tics. It was perfect. She had a perfect response. Um, so shout out to Bob Clendelin, who I will uh, tag him Clendenin, on Facebook. Sorry, I will tag him on Facebook to tell him that we mentioned him. Yes, Bob Clendenin, genius, and also uh, Matt Reeves' directing skills because that scene was like a perfect little nugget of acting amazingness. This show is always so beautifully directed, mm-hmm. and even watching it before I understood the film industry when I was in high school. I always felt it looked so beautiful. Yeah. And I didn't understand what that really meant. Yeah. But watching it now, it's just, it's so wonderful. There's, there's a reason why Matt Reeves has a career now. You know, yeah. there's a reason why they keep picking him to do movies. It's because totally. he knows what he's doing. Um, now, I am definitely going back and forth on Ben. I, oh no, sorry, Noel. I keep getting them confused. They're all, they're, they're, they're one both, boy to me in my head. They're also both in real life named Scott. They're, they're both Scott. I know. So it's easy to confuse them. It's very true. Um, I, you know, all Scots look alike to me. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I'm going back and forth on Noel because he's definitely the more relatable of the two for me, but watching it now, like he's the, he's the boy I would have had a crush on back in the day, but now all I can see is how informed he is by his attraction to Felicity and that bugs the shit out of me like um he's not being her friend to be her friend he's clearly being her friend because he's into her and he says he's not and I'm sure you know he's a good person whatever but like the fact that he and and maybe it's recognition on my part too because I've definitely been that person I've been a Noel as well as you know seen Noel's about yeah um so I totally understand but it irks me because I know how terrible that is and as an adult now, I'm watching this and I'm like, just stop. Just don't. Just, oh, stop. I think part of it's also, like, especially in this time right now of, like, you know. Yeah. The media, like, the idea of getting out of the friend zone is yes. actually a really creepy concept. Yeah. And that's what he's trying to do. Yeah. No, and honestly, that is um, uh, the thought that I had watching this. I was like, you know, and as much as I love J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves, I'm like, it's images like this in media that teach boys that that's what's charming. Like but then again, we could say I mean, Felicity's trying to get out of the friend zone too. Yeah. No. But I never see it wrong with her. Yeah. No. Well, see, I do. Well, I see it wrong now because I'm like, don't do that. I'm like, Teresa did that all the time and that was terrible. And that's why she had no, no boyfriend. Well, I see it wrong is you shouldn't do this, but not the same way that I find the idea of getting out of the friend zone from a guy to a girl oh, yeah. creepy. It's, but it's, it's still, different. it's still creepy. It's creepy. Well, like uh, Dana mentioned last week, she compared it to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh my and God. I love that comparison too. Lo- it was, it was amazing. so great. And it's like, you know, and she has a mental illness. Like that's, you know, <laughs> we got to think about what your behavior is, is showing to people. Um, but yeah, no, I look at it now and it's like, this is like Felicity, you know, you see Noel look at her and it's like, oh, Felicity's being so charming and sweet in her obsession and like, oh, and it's like, no, obsession's not charming. It's no. very, very terrible. And like, you know, oh, Noel is, Noel really likes Felicity and whatever. And it's like, no, it's, it's terrible. Like you should not be this obsessed with someone. Um, I mean, I've never been team Noel, but I don't know if I knew why back yeah. then, yeah. but watching it now, it's, yeah, it's, 
it's the creep vibe yeah. from it, and I don't like that. Yeah, no, it's it's really it's it's unnerving. Um, but I'm sure it will evolve. Like this is episode two. We'll see where it goes. I am saying nothing. <laughs> oh God, um, Julie. Um, is being set up to be, you know, troubled and mysterious and we discover she's adopted and she's come to New York to meet her, her adoptive mom. Um, and that is a unique spin. Like it's a, it's a very different, uh, thing to take on in a show like this. Um, and it's a different, uh, way of exploring the parent dynamic. Like Felicity, you have her, her, you know, nuclear family. It's very, you know, kind of standard. Um, and Julie has a very non-standard relationship with her parents. Um, we also have from the pilot Ben's experience with his mom, his mom at the graduation. Yes, exactly. Um, so it's an interesting. Uh, I think this is part of that that college thing of like you see people with different experiences. It's like you know, uh, right in three characters who know each other, you have very different experiences of, of what a relationship with parents can look like. Um, shout out to John Cho, which I was very <laughs> excited to see. I was like, oh my god, it's Sulu! Yes. Um, now, this is not a huge spoiler. I just want to know if, um, if, what's his name? Larry? His character on Felicity? Does he come back with the problem I, roommate? I feel like he does, and I honestly don't remember, but I feel like either him and the roommate or just the roommate, they're kind of, you know, recurring side characters throughout the first season. Okay. I believe they are, but I don't want to say 100% for sure. I feel because, like that could be a running gag. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and yeah, it was like, it's a very odd storyline to have, but sure, why not? But I feel like if I'm remembering things correctly, and it's the way that shows happen now that take place in a high school or college, you get a lot of the same background or, Mm -hmm. you know, slightly featured characters because you're all supposed to be in the same space. Yeah. And you all, yeah, you would see them going down the halls, all that good stuff. Um, the, what's interesting, her advisor, her college advisor's name is, uh, Pompileo, um, and if you remember last week, I mentioned this commencement address that J.J. Abrams gave at Sarah Lawrence, and he mentions a writing teacher named Joe Pompileo. So I thought that was, it's, it's, and because I'm a writer and I'm a nerd about these things, like, I love seeing writers' lives pop into scripts. So I thought that was a cool shout out to a teacher he clearly respected. Now, uh, Felicity's parents, um, I was talking about that, uh, the fact that I loved the storyline, um, about uh, her parents. And the reason why is especially because of the scene with her mom at the end. Um, her mom, after blowing up at Felicity for for daring to express that she maybe preferred having dinner on a Tuesday night by herself, it felt good to have a hamburger on her own rather than go to family dinner. Um, and her mother just was so sad and hurt and, and stormed out. And at the time in that episode, and at that time in the episode, I thought it was very, like, self-absorbed. I was like, whoa. Yeah, it like, definitely let, seems off. Let your daughter whatever. But then she explains herself later, and it's like, you know, uh, it was because she sees herself in Felicity. And she, you know, got pregnant with Felicity young. She didn't get to have a life, and she sees Felicity making any mistakes as possibly repeating some of her own mistakes. You know, obviously she's not pregnant, but, like, just it, it, it's, a, it's an interesting thing where she felt like her dreams were cut short. And not that she regrets Felicity or anything like that, but it's like she feels, feels like her dreams were cut short because of mistakes, and uh, so she just got very upset and defensive because she doesn't want to see that happen to Felicity. And I thought that was a really real place to go with it. Um, I think it's real, and I think that's also one of the reasons why I don't relate to the relationship with the parents. Um, my parents got married at 30, had me at 31, had my mm-hmm. brother at 32. So I was always encouraged to, like, you know, there's no rush in getting married, although I'm older now than that, and my mom probably wants me to get settled down. <laughs> but it was definitely a push of, like, there is no need to rush into anything. You have time. Yeah. I... Definitely, um, the thing I, that really tugged at me the most watching this, because um, my mom, I think you know this, passed away uh, in 2006, um, and my dad did in uh, 2014, and I learned more about my mom in the months leading up to her passing than I knew about her before that. Um, I always thought, for example, I was always a daddy's girl. And I, because my dad was the writer, my dad was the one who loved plays and whatever. And so 
uh, he was the parent that I related to the most, and I always thought my mom was, like, the practical one who wanted me to get a job. Um, but as I started talking to her, um, I realized that she recited this poem, and it was beautiful in Spanish. And I was like, who wrote that? And she's like, I did. And I was like, what? Like, I never knew this about you. And she said she had, like, Emily Dickinson style, like, like papers with poetry on it somewhere. And I went to go find it. I never found it. I was That's one of my biggest regrets is that I never found these poems she wrote. Um, but she also, there was this one moment where I was sitting with her in the hospital and my dad had gone to get water or something. And I asked her, you know, I know you love me. I know you love my siblings and dad and all. But if you could have picked another life to have, what would it have been? Because um, I always knew her. She worked at, at, a, at she worked at Bulova Watches. She worked at a factory job. She, you know, did what she had to do to pay the bills. She had us. She whatever. And she was really quiet for a long time. And then she said, nobody's ever asked me that before. And I thought it was bananas that I had asked. Like, I, I don't know what possessed me to ask her that. But it was the first time she'd ever had to think about what would I have done instead. And it was kind of amazing to me that uh, I, I realized with that and the poetry thing that I got more from my mom than I realized. Because, like, all this time I thought my performing and my creativity and my, you know, writing had come from my dad. Um, but then I learned about all this stuff that my mom had done. Like, she used to do monologues in, in high school and, like, all this stuff. And she never expressed it. Um, and I feel like watching Felicity's mom, like, basically tell her that, like, you know, there's so many things that I didn't get to do, um, felt very real to me. And I was so glad to see them have that mother-daughter moment. Because mo mother-daughter relationships can be complicated. Even oh the best God, ones. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, <laughs> even the best ones, it's, like, it's very... And so, even though I was so mad that this was, like, a dude writing a girl, um, he captured that really well and really beautifully. I think it's a, a relatively common thing that sometimes you don't find out the whole story of your parent until something dramatic happens, whether it's an illness or you do something that they consider a complete fuck up, like yeah. move across the country, yeah. where you finally see them as a person and not just your mom or your dad. Yeah. What What have you like realized about your parents now that maybe you didn't understand when you were younger? Like, how, how has your opinion of them evolved? I think... The biggest thing is that I've always grown up in a very open family, at least with especially the immediate four, like my parents, my brother and I, you know, my dad was an OBGYN. And so the, the STD talk that I got had slideshows and everything. Oh, geez. It was fun. <laughs> so like there were definite moments where I was embarrassed as hell. And I, unfortunately, was bullied in middle school by kids who thought it was funny my dad was an OBGYN. Hmm. It did not help that my middle school Spanish teacher was one of my dad's patients, and she liked to talk about that. Yes. But now, like, I have never been more grateful to have an open relationship with my parents where I can literally ask them anything, and there is no shame, there is nothing to worry about when friends have issues. My dad jokes he charges a beer. You know, and he'll answer things, but like, for to make a very long story as short as possible, like I, and you know this because you're my friend and saw it on Facebook. I had these benign tumors in my liver that I was diagnosed with yeah. about almost exactly two years ago, caused by being on hormonal birth control, and it causes potential other issues, and there would have been complications if I had gotten pregnant and things like that. And I was able to talk to my dad so honest and openly about like, okay, what are these things? What do I need to worry about? What can I do about my fertility for the future? Where I don't think a lot of people have that with their parents, especially their dad. Yeah. But you know, my mom and my dad, I can ask them anything. You know, if I have a medical test result that I'm a little uncertain about, I don't have to worry about, oh my God, does this mean they're going to know I did X, Y, and Z thing? Like, it's just, it's fine. We can talk about whatever. Yeah. And while I appreciate it when I was younger because I never had to feel the shame, like, I definitely appreciate it now. That's it. That's really cool. Now, the last question, and I ask this of all of... I'm going to be asking this of all of the guests. All of the one guest I've had. Yay! <laughs> so far, but I'm going to ask my second guest. Um, if you could tell college-age Jen anything, what would you tell her? I would say the same thing for college-age Jen that I always joke that I would tell high school Jen, and that is... Don't worry about things. 
things are going to be so much more amazing in your life that you can ever imagine. Uh, one of the weird things about being an actor in LA is I'm friends with people that I grew up watching on TV. And I definitely have pinch me moments of like, oh my God. Yeah. Like if I knew then like what's happening now, like a great one to tie it back to Felicity. And I don't want to give spoilers on characters that have not been introduced, but there is a character coming up who is a regular character and he's amazing. And I met him at an event. Nice. And I actually got him, he called my best friend Jackie to say hi, because we're still geeking out about, still now we geek (laughs) out about it. And just, I had that moment of like, if I had known watching Felicity that I was going to get to meet this guy, I wouldn't have cared about all the boys who treated me like crap. (laughs) And like, I just, I would have been like, don't give a shit. Life's going to be amazing. Life's going to be amazing. Just wait, just wait, just wait. It's going to be so good. Oh my God. Um, well, uh, back in our, in the first episode, um, we asked our first Felicity pod cue, um, a question that was raised in the podcast that I put to our listeners. Um, Jen actually wanted to give her answer to the question. Um, and the question was, what was the most awkward thing you've ever done for or because of someone you liked? All right. And this is actually very fitting because this happened my freshman year of college. There was a boy I liked, as there always is. And I had a friend who was in the film school and she was doing one of her first student films and she was going to cast me. And I don't even know if she had the idea for the film or if I created this whole thing in my head to make her do it, where it was (laughs) taking place in the campus coffee shop where, like, I notice a cute boy. He notices me. I walk over to him to say hello. I trip and fall on his lap and we make out. And then when he smiles, (laughs) he has coffee grinds all over his teeth. And, yes, that was the film we did. And it was with my crush, who may or may not listen to this, and I don't even know if he remembers doing this, because we're, <laughs> we're all good. So, like, we had this kiss, and it was one of the kisses that are rare that you're like, oh, my God, like, this could be my person. Mm-hmm. And a few weeks, maybe a month later, he had a party, and I went, and I may or may not have had some alcoholic drinks as a minor. <laughs> um and I tried to kiss him, and he was like, I don't like you like that. Aww. And I was like, no, but we, we made out. Like, it, no. <laughs> how, how? But we had a moment, though. How? Like, I, we had this moment on film forever. <laughs> and it was fine, but I remember at the time, I walked away just mortified. Yeah. We need to learn to stop kissing people who don't want us to be kissing them. That's the moral of all of the stories. That's what I should tell college Jen. Don't kiss boys that you're not sure want to kiss you. Yes, exactly. Um, and and on that mortifying note, <laughs> we have come to the end of this week's Finding Felicity. Uh, before we go, I want to invite you, our listeners, to take part in the discussion. So here is this week's question. What about your understanding of your parents has changed since you were in college? Did you think they were total jerks back in the day and now you think they're amazing? Or have they turned into total jerks? You can tell us. Either way, we won't tell them, we promise. We'll only tell the whole internet. Um, Share your answers with us by tweeting us at FindFelicityPod or responding to the discussion threads on our Facebook page or Instagram with the hashtag FelicityPodQ. Or you can email your stories to us at findingfelicitypod at gmail.com. If you get them in before Monday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific, I'll read the best ones at the end of next week's show. If you email, I'll only use your first name and your last initial to protect the guilty. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about Season 1, Episode 3 of Felicity, Hot Objects. Joining me for that conversation will be Michelle Gomez-Rochia, calling in all the way from Bozeman. She and I got to know each other while we were living in L.A., but she's since joined her husband and his family in the frozen tundra of Montana. I know they have other seasons there, but whenever I hear Montana, I just imagine snow and, like, buffalo or whatever. Um, Jen, thank you so much for joining me here in the studio. Thank you for having me. I love being able to talk about this show, and I'm... (laughs) geeking out still oh my I, I love that's why i wanted to watch this show people are still geeking out 20 years later um tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet or elsewhere you can check out my blog at findingmyinnerbombshell.com and for social media the best ways to find me would be instagram or twitter and for both of those my username is at the jen levin and those will definitely be in all of our posts uh, so you can check that out 
Uh, new episodes of Finding Felicity drop every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Finding Felicity is part of the Fanbase Press Podcast Network and is co-produced by Fanbase Press and Pominock Entertainment. This and all our episodes are edited by Bryant Dillon of Fanbase Press. Our Finding Felicity logos were created by Noelle Rivera, and you can check out her work on Instagram at Classica Noelle. And the Finding Felicity theme is arranged and performed by Dana Weber. The original Season 1 Felicity theme was composed by Larry Klein and J.J. Abrams. Subscribe to Finding Felicity on iTunes and Stitcher so that you never miss an episode. And please rate and review us there to help other folks find us. You can also follow Finding Felicity on Spotify. And as always, you can listen to the latest Finding Felicity at fanbasepress.com and pominockentertainment.com. And if you want to keep up with all things Pominock, follow us on all socials at Team Pominock. That's P-O-M-O-N-O-K. See you next week on Finding Felicity, because coming of age never seems to stop. This has been part of the Fanbase Press Podcast Network.